Welcome to Turn It Down, a good podcast about bad music. Every episode, we listen to a bad song and try to figure out what went wrong. I am Joe Oaks. I'm Steve Sachs. And today, Steve brought in a tune. What are we listening to, Steve? We're going to be listening to She Hates Me by Puddle of Mud. Okay. All right, so we're going to play a clip for you guys, and we're going to be listening to the whole thing, unfortunately. But if you want to hear the whole thing, you can check it out in the our Spotify playlist, and you can find the link in the description. Or, uh, you know, check it out wherever you stream your music. All right, here we go. All right. Oh, man. When was the last time you heard that? Probably in a nightmare or something. <laughs> uh, no, I, I guess I feel like I know someone who references it a lot. <laughs> um, but other than that, no, I don't I don't think I've heard this in ages. Yeah. I, I uh, This song came out August 13th, 2002. Okay. I was in fifth grade and I still hated it back then because <laughs> I remember it. I remember it being on. I watched a lot of VH1 as a kid. Yeah. You know, big, big music nerd. I remember this coming out, too. I remember... Um, my friend Zach really liked Puddle of Mud when they were when they were big. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He was like trying to learn acoustic guitar. It wasn't going well. Uh, Sounds about like the audience, for right? Puddle of like Mud. that's exactly the person who this song <laughs> yeah, is for. Right. Shout out to Zach. What up, Zach? Just had a kid. What's up, dude? Uh, congrats, 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 Zach. congrats on your son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I meant that with no irony, but it sounded sarcastic. Anyway, <laughs> good luck um, with your son there. Yeah, good luck with your son there, buddy. Um, yeah, that's my connection to this song. I just, I specifically remember the I, 2002. I was, I guess, a freshman in high school or, or in eighth grade or something. Yeah, I, I, I remember this song coming. I remember not liking it then, but I, I don't remember. F- feeling the way i feel about it now i mean it it didn't offend me it sounds dated yeah it sounds really dated it it aged very poorly and it didn't start out too hot no so what what was the what was the like alt rock station where you grew up uh k-rock was like the big one k-rock new york and then mmr i don't know if mmr was yet doing classic rock now they do sort of classic rock you know there 2002 we're in the middle of like the the new metal boom oh yeah um, fucking corn corn limp biscuit and that's actually that actually kind of segues into the origin story of puddle of mud oh please please give me this this is like i feel like this is like there should be a movie about this it's almost like the eight mile of like people who drink a lot of monster energy drinks or like <laughs> do you know what okay I mean? like, okay yeah so, yeah i got you i got so you, yeah. the story is this song i believe was written in 1993. Whoa. Yeah. Didn't come out until 2002. Okay. Puddle of Mud puts out, they're from Kansas City, a hotbed of rock music. Oh, yeah. Kansas. I mean, you got, you got, um, you got, uh, you got, uh, you got, you got, ooh. Let me think. That's about the list. Well, right, right. All this right there. <laughs> so they put out like two, I guess it says they released them locally. I don't know if they were EPs, if they were LPs. Someone else can find out that information. I didn't research that. that your dealer yeah, they, handed to you. They were around. But the way that they were discovered, they were kind of, everyone was kind of quitting. And the main guy, Wes, Wes Scantlin is his name. Wes Scantlin. Of course it is. He was getting ready. Listen to this. Was getting ready to move to New Orleans, Louisiana to manage his girlfriend's career as a stripper and work in his cousin's bar. 
Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. But before he headed south, decided to accept his friend's invitation to go to the Family Values concert in Kansas City featuring... Limp Biscuit, of course. Oh, this boy. was Limp Biscuit and Corn. This was this the the Family Values tour was like it was oh, yeah, all no, of those I've, bands, right? Yeah, yeah, Family Values tour was it was all like all the new metal bands, yeah, Slipknot, Slipknot, and the whole thing. yeah, 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 right. Okay, while he was there, used a fake pass to get backstage. Met a security guard for Limp Biscuit, gave the guy his band's demo. That guy gave no it way. to Fred Durst. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and Fred Durst fucking signed them. <laughs> so they had to like, oh, Fred, but everyone had quit the band. So he right. had to like put together a new band. He was like going to move. And then they, like a friend was like, dude, Fred Durst is trying to get in touch with you. This he's is like, like, what? <laughs> this is like, have you ever seen that, that like four hour long Temptations movie? I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. So I, feel like, I feel like there yeah, should yeah. be a four hour movie that's just real time this event <laughs> happening. Because that... That would be like that sounds like an HBO drama or something. That sounds like a How insane is that? That's like, unbelievable. He snuck past he snuck backstage with a fact. I would watch that like how did he make that pass? I want to like see the whole right. thing. Right. What was the conversation? Did you did you say it was like a a security he guy? Security guard and the, the security yeah. guy was like, "Hey, I can't I can't let you back here." Like, but please, can you just can my de- <laughs> is my dream that Fred Durst We'll have my demo. <laughs> I also I also love imagining Fred Durst as an A and R guy. Like well, just imagine just he, imagine him. He just was like, really yeah. into them. He he Fred, but his interest did not convince the former members to regroup. They still quit. So he had to mm. like this guy Scantlin had to, you know, put together a new group right, in LA. Right, right. They didn't jump on that opportunity, <laughs> that Fred Durst liking them opportunity. Yeah. Uh, the gravy yeah, I train. Guess that, I guess that. Yeah. Yeah, but Man. what a fucking origin story. That's wild. All right, Steve, lay those lyrics on me. Okay, before we read them, let's just say, let's just talk broadly here. Like, though this is part of the, that whole new metal thing, the, the, just the vocal performance and everything, it's not quite as aggressive. No, it's not a, it's not a, it's not metal right. singing. So there's it's a not yelling vibe to these lyrics, the kind of. But, okay. All right. So here we go. Met a girl, thought she was grand, fell in love, found out firsthand. Went well for a week or two, then it all came unglued. You know, I love a story song. Yeah. I it. really yeah. do. You know, Gordon like Lightfoot. Paul McCartney. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a Jim Croce kind of thing. All right, I think it's important here to highlight that this relationship, by his own admission, lasted, and he isn't even sure, but between one week and two weeks. There's a 100% margin. It's between you know? seven and 14 days. In a trap, trip I can't grip. Huh? Never thought I'd be the one who'd slip. Then I started to realize I was living one big lie. But never thought... I'd be the one who'd slip and suggest maybe he was the problem. Right. I thought she would give in first. To what? I was living one big lie. She fucking hates me. Trust. What did he do? She fucking hates me. La 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 love. I tried too hard and she tore my feelings like I had none and ripped them away. This is a eight, day, eight nine, ten day relationship. She was queen for about an hour. That's... Accurate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After that, shit got sour. She took all I ever had 
No sign of guilt. No feeling of bad. Did she mug him? <laughs> I, I also, what is it? An hour a week or two weeks? Yeah. What? But, but like, either let's way, let's agree like, on like, something here. Like that. Like he was emotionally ruined by. by this. Wait, there's there's something important um, that that I have to ask is uh, how, how old was he in 1993? Let's see. He was born in 72. He was 21. Oh. Wes Scantlin, but it looks like it was co-written with this guy Jimmy Allen, who was in the band, but I don't think uh, remained in the band. Right, he jumped to ship. see to see, the, <laughs> you know, to see Puddle of Mud blossom the, into yes, the artist they the, would uh, The coalescence of this this piece of art uh, it goes back to that pre-chorus in a trap trip. I can't grip. Never thought I'd be the one who slipped. Who'd slip? Then I started to realize I was living one big lie. She fucking hates me. Trust, she fucking hates me. La 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 love. I tried too hard and she tore my feelings like I had none. She ripped them away. That's my story, as you see. I learned my lesson and so did she. There's like a threat of violence yeah, in that line. Especially like, coming from yeah. this character. Yeah. Ooh. Now it's over and I'm glad because I'm a fool for for all I've said. She fucking hates me. She fucking hates me, et cetera, et cetera. Little chorus and the outro, and yeah. then at the end, there's this. It kind of like it's like fading out, and then they kind of keep playing the chords. Yeah, but yeah. then there's a guy the who coda. says something like, um, "I didn't get any action anyway," or something. Oh, really? There's like a little like ad lib of somebody in the studio. Yeah. So that's kind of where it ends. Um, yeah. the, if you count that little thing at the end, that tag. Uh, I, oof. Great, great lyrics. Um, is this a country song? <laughs> It's not this, detailed enough to be a country song. You're right, but I just in sort of if you if you really listen to like A, the chords, B, the sort of arc of this like the the growth of the song over the, over the thing, mm-hmm. the the subject matter mm-hmm. is decidedly of us this sort of uh, guy girl relationship, right. which is to me very country. Yeah, and then if you listen if you listen to the the vocal delivery until he starts yelling. It's just kind of a raspy. If he had a southern twang, right? You mentioned the chords, the four chords that we have going on here yes. that go on. Yeah. Okay. Not only are the chords like super simple and kind of played in this um, juvenile like style, but pull up, um, please pull up either YouTube or Spotify and search for "Suicidal Tendencies." I saw your mommy. The first result when I search for it is the autocorrect is I saw your mommy suicidal tendencies guitar. <laughs> it's not the song itself. I think we've heard enough. Now you tell me. Did they listen to that song and just rewrite it, or is it a coincidence? It seems very likely that they heard this song, mm-hmm. considering the time period. The when time it was period, what like cool hard rock people uh-huh. listen to, suicidal tendencies, classic, very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very likely because it's not just the chords. The even that the vocal. Pattern. Like it's hard to call what that guy did. Melody. Yeah, the rhythm. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's, he's not singing in the same way that Wes Scantlin is singing. But yeah. Well, I would. I would actually argue on the on 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 the other side of that. 
it's a very cliche chord progression. And mm-hmm. I wish I could give you an example of a song, another song that has that same rhythm of I feel of, like it reminds me of like Sublime for some reason. Sublime like, and then going back earlier, definitely something from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. We've heard some these some folk song. Before. It's almost like a, a children's song from yeah. way back. And it's so it's it's one of those stock things. Mm-hmm. But the just the tenacity of of how they hold on to that stock thing. They don't they don't use it. Cause like the suicidal tendencies song you hear in the beginning, they they do the you know, those chord changes and then they go up another, you know, then mm-hmm. they go, they repeat and the two five and then they go to the three six. And there's a section in that, there's a section in that song where they like go double time and like, there's like a, like a punk section in that song. Of, of course, you it's know. fucking awesome because yeah. it's Suicidal and that, Tendencies. And yeah. So this song like never, it kind of like rips the Suicidal Tendencies one. It and never sucks it, but the it, like, life takes out of it. kind of the cool part away, you know. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, takes yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the Suicidal Tendencies song is like about finding someone's mom dead. Like and he like right. describes it in detail and it's like it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um and whereas this song is is cute and the only thing that differentiates it or or makes it like a hard rock song is A the performance. Mm-hmm. B <laughs> the word fucking. To me though, because I think there's I mean, this for me is one of the one of the places where this song went wrong. Where we say like, you know, in terms of trying to understand where this went off the rails. Mm-hmm. It's not self-aware. The song is seems sincere between the deliver his vocal delivery, the lyrics, the fucking, the very you know shit went sour. Like the, yeah, the cursing yeah, yeah, yeah. is so it it adds this weight to like of seriousness to the whole thing. Yeah, and I I mean the the, the sort of sc- you know the yell, the sort of grungy yell at the end seems yeah. like he's feeling a lot of emotion. And, and I know that we we like talked about this like it only lasted for a week or maybe an hour. It's hard to tell, but like that's an opportunity for the narrator be to be like, I'm dumb. Like I'm not entitled to a relationship. You know? Yeah. I'm highlighting that it's ridiculous for me to expect you know whatever <laughs> right I, like i'm a very entitled narrator like i'm performing as this character who is an entitled uh misogynist and i'm going to you know of course p- perf- <laughs> i'm gonna wear that character and sing this song in that voice this is like no that's i am an entitled misogynist and i am owed this relationship and she fucking hates me and i've been living a lie after eight days and my world is imploding. Or an like, hour. Or an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds like he probably huffs a lot of like Scotch guard or something. And that's why you can't remember how long the relationship is. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you. It's a very, it's a very selfish, shitty, and yes, not self-aware because this, it seems like he doesn't have any shame, any shame about it. It also, and that's kind of why I say it feels like a song a 12-year-old would write after mm. his first romantic situation or, or like the first crush he had and she doesn't like. Like it's that level of emotional maturity right. to me. Right. I'd like to think at 21, I mean, at 21 there are people writing songs with more nuance. Absolutely. I mean, there are some some amazing artist right i mean prince's first record was was when he was like 18 yeah right lyrically conceptually it's just stupid (laughs) is there anything you find redeeming about it at all that's a tough one or about that or about maybe them as a band or their performance because i will say i think that um 
<laughs> I was about to say, like as a diet Kurt Cobain, you know, Wes Scantlin's <laughs> voice. <laughs> he he has he clearly like if you've ever tried to record your own vocals, you know it's very difficult to sound convincing. To sound like you belong on a record. You yeah, know what like I mean? you mean you mean yeah. not whether not necessarily mean what you're saying, but you have the conviction that yes, I am singing this song. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I sound natural in this sonic environment. And I feel like his voice carries. He's got a voice. Well, this was a hit He's song. He's saying dumb shit. You know what I mean? But he really means it. But yeah, and that's the problem with this song. Yes. Yes. One. Yeah. That's 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 what it is. Yeah. I think that's a big thing too. I I I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but the conviction with which the band lays out this creates this world for us. Yeah. Is just incongruous with how how shallow and and dimensionless the song is. I mean, it's literally the same thing over and over again with a really lazily constructed like growing thing through the whole thing and yeah, yeah they're it, acting like they wrote Freebird. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. i i would say <laughs> i would say the delivery is kind of maybe this is the new metal Freebird. i don't know i'm gonna start yelling that at the at shows like <laughs> please she hates me <laughs> okay yeah but i mean i think the delivery is 90 percent there to me it has the it's it smells like teen spirit teen spirit <laughs> it it has the flavor of a pop producer coming in and trying to wrangle these guys into having a radio hit yeah, which was effective but like you can tell that a it was like okay you know nirvana we're in a post nirvana world right so that's a thing we can do um, it, it just seems like the structure and everything were imposed externally and the, and sort of the delivery and everything was coached. That's what I hear. He does it. He does it with conviction, but it does sound like puddle of mud would not have made some of those choices. Not that I know puddle of mud, but, but to me, <laughs> it just feels like these guys writing a song. So poppy, it just doesn't feel um, looking at sense. the production discography of, of John Kurtzwig, the producer of the record. Okay. Uh, looks like he worked with Creed, whose first record came out in 1997. So we're kind of... Human Clay, their big record. Their right. big record comes out in 99. This will be three years later. It probably took him however long to make the record. So we're right in that time period. Right. Um, who else did he work with here? Creed... Uh, Godsmack, Eagle Eye, Cherry. Mm. So they were calling Jewel. in the big guns. Yeah. So yeah. this guy, you're you're right. I mean, he, did you say he worked with Jewel? Jewel. Right. So this is just a pop producer who specializes in hard rock. Yeah. Which at the time, hard rock was a big money industry. Yeah. So you had that same sort of like let's let's make these guys a hit. Right. Like, what do you guys got? Play me whatever you got. Oh, that's in, that. How we do could we do something with this? that. Yeah. Here we go. Let's get in there. Let's get the vocal producer out. Let's uh, yeah, you it's know, funny get you in the you, booth that you say that too, because like I feel like this, this they, you know, on this lyric website, they're calling it a bridge, but it really feels like a third verse to me. The the one that he's like, "That's my story, as you see, learned my lesson, and so did she." Yeah, it's now, the, that feels it's the like conclusion. But if yeah, it feels like the producer is like, "We need a, we need to wrap this thing up. Like we need a." <laughs> I'm just imagining like the a story needs an end. You know. <laughs> 
I'm imagining like a 10 minute song where every verse <laughs> is just another iteration of because he does. If you look at each verse, it's like how Dylan had like 50 verses for a tambourine man. It's the same. Yes, but, <laughs> he, he, had, but he says he had it for this. Right. Just, just pages and pages for she hates me. Right. Right. But it's <laughs> but the thing is, is that the verses they have here so far are just they're just paraphrasing yeah. each other. Right. Met a girl, thought she was grand, fell in love, found out firsthand, went well for a week or two, then it came unglued. She was queen for about an hour. Shit got sour. Yeah, right. They're just looking at a rhyming dictionary. Like, how can I (laughs) restate this exact same story? Like, it's the same story over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then the conclusion. Mm -hmm. It's like, I could imagine this song being just 10 minutes of that. (laughs) I love this line. No sign of guilt, no feeling of bad. (laughs) It's such like a, it doesn't say that. Does it say that? Yeah, she took all I ever had. No sign of guilt. No feeling of bad. No feeling. <laughs> it sounds like like his first visit to like a like a, a therapist or something. <laughs> well, tell me what you were feeling. I had the the feeling, the feeling of bad. <laughs> Cause she fucking hates me. <laughs> he, oh, and how does that make you feel? La 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 love. Oh, the laws in there. Those yeah. are okay. Can we talk about the word trust? Yeah. In there? Yeah. Is that was that slang of the time? Do you know? I don't remember anyone saying because he's that. saying it like it's a thing. He's yeah, like trust, he's like, trust, bro, trust. It, it sounds like it could be like a Slipknot, Godsmack, World kind of thing, like trust, trust. You know, bro. like. Well, there is a great video. We sh- we maybe should link to this too. Um, yep, we'll throw that in the description. I I was looking for like some more info about this song specifically. I figured like okay, this song was like I felt like it was a pretty big hit, um, and so I was like, oh, I'll, I'm sure there's information. There's really not much about this specific song, and there's really not even that much about Puddle of Mud. So I was really? like, all right, well. Maybe there's a fan site, you know what I mean? Oh boy! So I looked for a fan site, and it's very sad that there is like not a single like <laughs> fan club, fan site, fan anything. Do you feel bad for Puddle of Mud? A little bit, because I went to their Facebook, and oh, actually, how many likes? Land. How many likes do you think they have? All right, let's 1. just say one point two k. One point okay, it's a little low. I was gonna say for for just like I would say the average local band that plays out regularly has approximately a thousand. Like a thousand to three thousand likes. Right. Yeah. Say. Somewhere in that range. Local there, right? band, no hits. People outside of their city or town don't know them. Right. One one to three k. So how many how many likes do you think Puddle Mud has? A, a band that had a a song on the Billboard chart. Okay. Less than twenty years ago. Right. We both remember them. Yeah. And we are we are of the generation that uses social media. Mm-hmm. Uh. Okay, I'm just gonna throw out ten. Sixteen, 10, but that's 000. but that's a but that's a good guess and and it's lower than I sixteen sixteen thousand. Yeah. Sixteen thousand? Like, yeah, that's I feel it? like I feel like you know There are noise pop, bands with sixteen thousand likes. Yeah, on yeah. There you are know? there are definitely indie rock bands that do supporting tours and then go home and have hit day jobs that have more likes than Absolutely. puddle of mud, major label yeah. hard rock band with, with a, what, what was the chart position of this song? Uh, let me find that. It, that was oh, <laughs> not to be confused with. She hate me. The Spike Lee 2004 movie. Was this was this song written as the theme song for that, and then got rejected? I think it, the mo- I think it went the other way around. The movie was inspired by the song. Right, right. That's the, the right. song went. 
This song went to number 13 on the Hot 100. Not too shabby. Yep. And they had another song at number five. Oh, it topped the Hot Mainstream Rocks chart for one week in October of 2002. Wow. Sold, it was uh, the second single to sell over 500,000 copies. Peaked at number 14 in the UK. And it won them an ASCAP Pop Music Award, 2004. So wow. this was a big song. They've got 16,000 likes on Facebook. Anyway, the reason I bring up their Facebook is because you asked about the word trust. There's a great video on here oh boy. of Puddle of Mud playing to what looks like a state fair. And he really he really says trust with... It probably is a like state fair. He says trust like he's performing to 60,000 people. You know what I mean? And good for he, him because he, he should. He's you know? committed to that. Give him that. He needs it. The song, so the song came out in 2002, written in 93. It's 2018 as we record right now. That's an he's old been song. playing this song for going on 30 years. Do you think that's painful for him? It's gotta be. It's gotta be, right? unless unless he stands behind this song. <laughs> Show me this video because I want to. I want to see uh, if I can. If I can sort of get uh, what his on. vibe yes, is on me. this. Um, do you? Ha- it's a real short. Come on! America thought she was great. Okay, maybe he didn't say trust. Yeah. But he- wow. <laughs> wow. Did you see the crowd? <laughs> I sure fucking did. They fucking loved it and yeah that is definitely like a tractor pull yeah type situation they're, they're again touring. this is a country song uh, well that's what's it's funny you say that because this was at one time obviously we just went through how big this song was on a mainstream level right. this was on the radio everywhere but it does seem like that audience has pivoted and this almost gets into like a political thing too, but like Absolutely. that audience has pivoted so much, and to the point that even Aaron Lewis of Stained, another new metal, uh, yeah. uh, what would you you know? They a, were they a, were in that formative, same, yeah, whatever, like yeah. A founding father, a seminal new metal, seminal, band. thank you, a seminal uh, new metal artist. He's putting out country records now. It makes a lot of sense to me because you know what it it really boils down to, and this this is a major theme in this song. Well, it, it's an energy in this song, which is machismo. Yeah. It's a muscular song. Yes. This is a guy, this is that wiry guy who you can tell has been going to the gym for a couple of years, but like eat mostly eats like <laughs> potato based junk food. Right? And like his yeah. teeth are kind of fucked. Yeah. Like it's that guy. Has it's, never had a, a drink of anything that wasn't neon colored. Exactly. Yeah. This is the guy that works out in a tank top and cargo shorts at your gym <laughs> at the YMCA. Right? It's that kind of muscular. But it's muscular nonetheless. It's 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 macho. Yeah. And pop music has skewed for the better away from this sort of toxic aggression masculinity. Yes. And I was gonna say earlier too, thinking about the character that the narrator is. If you watch like movies from that period too, it's a trope of the of the macho, inconsiderate, mm-hmm. oh, I don't give a fuck what uh, you know my girlfriend thinks guy that just sort of shits on 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 the woman in the, in the relationship right. or the or, or the you know the roman- the other romantic lead and you you're supposed to love this guy even though he does nothing redeemable throughout right. the whole movie. I'm thinking of 
I just watched the movie uh, Look Who's Talking 2, which is the oh, sequel oh, oh. to Look Who's Talking with John Travolta and Kirstie nice. Alley. I feel like Baby's voiced by Roseanne Barr and Bruce Willis. I may have, that may have been rented for me from Blockbuster. Uh, wow, we're really dating ourselves here. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> when it was when it was newish, right? Um, but but the the point being, and there's a bunch of other movies like this where you're, you're supposed to just love that this guy is 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 a boorish prick, right? And and I think that especially this being written in '93, which is just coming out of the '80s too. Yeah. And so in pop music today, that shit doesn't really fly. No. And, and sensitivity is a lot more valued, which I think is just more of like emotionally nuanced music. I mean, if you look, making the comparison to Nirvana, that music, though it, though it has a hard exterior, is deeply emotional. Mm-hmm. And deeply, and that's what resonates with people, is that it, it, it is in touch with its feelings, even if they're, it's a little obscure, but there's a, a deep darkness to it. This... This has none of that. No. It's just, I'm a dude, man, yeah. this girl, man, she fucking hates me. Yeah. There's nothing to that. For there's me. like a it, there's like a pop punk quality to the lyrical True. thing. But then he's taking the like like you said, that Nirvana grunge uh aggression and because there isn't and it's not aimed inward anymore like i think i feel like the nirvana stuff is mostly aimed inward and that's why it's like it's deeply introspective that's why it works because he's angry but he's like i he's like i fucking hate me right 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 (laughs) you know and this is like as soon as it's pointed outward it's like it's like weaponized and and it's very off-putting yeah he's like "I, i don't know what happened man I, yeah, I don't it's know. Obvious she why just she fucking hates, hates me. Don't you worry so- about it. You sound like an asshole. Like, yeah, you s- this was a bad relationship. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, what um, are you surprised? And to, further on that, the reason why it, it feels like a country song is because that machismo is alive and well in that world, mm. right? Maybe a little less. I feel like I listen to pop country radio, and for one thing this level of rock and roll or whatever wouldn't be out of place anymore because it's no holds barred. I don't know how much modern country you're listening to, but there's dubstep. It's just oh, no sure. holds okay. barred. Yes, 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 um, yes. But th- so that's one reason. Another reason is, yeah, the character of the macho man, you know, these deep sort of like gender things that happens in country music still not that it's not in the pop world too but we're we're at least there's a growing awareness that this kind of shit is ridiculous and bad i wonder if it will swing back at any point though this is maybe a larger discussion about culture but i i do you know there everything's on a pendulum and and so while i while sitting here today at this moment in time i agree with you in the, the statement of like we now realize this shit is dumb and bad. I genuinely, and I'm not saying this to be provocative, I this is a question. I wonder, will it ever swing back where where the culture is like, you know what? Uh this this we, we want more of a we we this type of character is something that is lacking. I and I don't yeah, know why that more, would be. We, you know, we need more I, men, or there could yeah, be any yeah. host I don't, of things. You know, I don't know why that. that would be, but I just I wonder. You know, I, I how that th- that always moves. It's always a, a swing. And I think it. I think it's entirely possible. I mean, if you just look at 
how much things have swung back and forth over the years. Yeah, the nineteen fifties to the nineteen sixties and seventies, then you had the nineteen eighties to the nineties. If you look at the contrast between those decades, yeah. all the views on these things, while there are certain constants that have progressed as far as like civil rights and social justice and that kind of thing, those things have progressively made steps. There's no saying what could happen next, especially considering our current political climate. Yes. I'm not a I'm not a um progressivist when it comes to this and by that i mean i don't think we're on a continual growth right i would track i I don't i think things can go forward and go back i i agree with you and that's why i wonder not because i advocate for it but because i'm i wonder will will things swing you know but and i don't think that that character would look exactly the same in the oh, same no. way that the mach- the macho man of the 80s doesn't look like the macho man of the 50s. But they're variations on a theme. You know what they I mean? They are. There's relations. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why, you know, the rockabilly thing happened. Right. Or like, you know, um, in Look Who's Talking To, the movie I just watched, <laughs> uh, John Travolta has kind of an Elvis haircut and he sings a couple Elvis songs. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. it there is a connection. There is a sort of reactionary like, oh, you know, men were men back in yeah. the day kind of thing. Um, yeah, it would just look like a modern version of that, it, it would seem. I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it can get, it, I mean, you can draw your own conclusions. There are people obviously in the culture who are putting forth a certain type of masculine energy that is uh, detestable, let's say. Toxic. But uh, yeah. it's back, it's back in some ways. I don't know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely been gone for a while or at least been, been uh like you said pop music has moved in a different direction yeah but i wonder if we'll see this type of character come back i i want i mean if fred durst is still doing a and r i i think we <laughs> might see a couple more these days and he very well may be still doing a i, I don't know what doing. else he's doing i really don't yeah. um did you want to maybe look at some youtube comments for this video sure yeah i think that'd be good all right, so the the video we're watching, I guess we should just throw the link in the description as well. But it's um, it's the official video for Puddle of Muds. She hates me. Uh, on it was published February sixteenth, two thousand nine. Let me try this again. This is making no sense. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. You have to leave that in. Okay, okay. That's right. so funny. I don't why, know why, why it's so funny to me because when because I would have thought who put it up this so BVM TV alternative Bohemia right. After Dark which seems like some sort of um, failed YouTube channel well it does have forty five thousand subscribers but this is it, why they have sixteen thousand likes on Facebook and they're playing to the state fair because right. they didn't jump on shit like YouTube early. Somebody yeah. randomly posted it in 2009 that was not connected to their team. Yeah. They're not seeing revenue from this. Like, yeah, they're, they're screwed. This is a, this is a microcosm of the whole problem with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why they're, that's why they're touring. Like the show that happens three days after the, uh, the gathering of the juggalos <laughs> happens or something in the same field. Yeah. So I'm going to read some of these comments. All right, we got one here from uh, YouTube user Bingo and Dingo is their name. Three years ago said, the singer looks kind of like Edge from WWE and has almost the voice of Kurt Cobain. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a... That's like a great short summation of that guy's entire life, I think. (laughs) 
Oh, great. We have another another from Jamal Sampson. We have another one of these comments that we've talked about. I miss 2001. Great music, great bands, great everything. Then we got some emojis going on. <laughs> no, but no, that wasn't a question. It was great everything, all caps. Looks like five exclamation yeah. points. A rock on, hand emoji, a heart, and then all the music notes emojis that you can possibly put. 2001. Great everything. Great everything? Hmm. I seem to remember. What happened to 2001? Oh, a world uh, altering, history altering <laughs> event. Right. That sort yeah. Of Didn't a bunch of people like find a die in a thing and a war started? I don't know. Yeah. I Everything was great in 2001. Yeah. These are all consecutive comments. By the way. <laughs> yeah. These are all consecutive comments, by the way. <laughs> that There's a lot of gold in these here YouTube hills. Team Forward two years ago says this song reminds me of my first love. <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, sorry. I wish you could read tone better uh, through these comments. You know, is that a sad this reminds me of my first love? <laughs> we got a real good one from Pensive Czar one year ago, which kind of speaks to something we were talking about earlier. Music stopped being hard after that. White guys that age went from hard rock thrashers to pansexual hipsters who listen to Katy Perry. Something is very wrong. I feel personally attacked by that. That's me talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's Joe. That's that's me talking. That's not in the comment. Um, But yeah, so that kind of just speaks Uh to the audience here. You know, like we want white guys that age to be hard rock thrashers, right? Like, because that's we want men to be men. That doesn't threaten our masculinity. We have someone to look up to. There's a theme throughout all of these comments. Let me just read like three in a row. Okay. Um, Censoring this song is like watching The Breakfast Club on TBS. We got it's ironic that they promote uncensored music videos in the description, yet this video is censored. Love this song. Hate the censoring. I mean, that part is the whole part of the song, which, <laughs> yes, absolutely correct. So in this video, yeah. in this video, they censored out the word fucking, which, as Sandala Farley said two years ago, that is the whole part of the song. Yeah, that the word f- this song, if you're going to do like a like a like a formal analysis of this and break it down to its smallest part, it's just the word fucking <laughs> shouted. Yeah, it's just yeah. fucking. Yeah, that's the whole song. Yeah. Nick Emerson one year ago says, reminds me of banging my way through my 20s, then getting saddled with kids and the occasional ex-wife. The occasional ex-wife. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Banging my way through my 20s and I got saddled with these fucking kids. Yeah, let me just reiterate personally not into this character but do wonder if he will return he's out there he's there he's He's at the state fair man from chuck haney three years ago why would you tune your guitar to e flat then write a song in f relative to e flat question mark tuning to standard and playing it in e doesn't sound very different Going out of your way to make life difficult by playing bar chords at the first fret is pretty pointless. <laughs> Hate this fucking song, but have to play it in a cover band. <laughs> I just love how angry Chuck Haney is three years ago. And yeah, you know what? I'd be pretty pissed off in general, too, if I was if my life was in a place where I was playing <laughs> She Hates Me in a cover yeah. band. I love the how I love how niche that comment is. 
is if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Fred Armisen's uh, stand up, I think it's called. Let's see, jokes. Stand up for drummers. Yeah, Fred Armisen's stand up, stand up for drummers. It's basically that comment, but a lot of times, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, about yeah, drums. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I want to throw great. it out there for fellow for fellow guitarists. Yeah, and he has a point. Oh, he, that's he, that's one of those completely unnecessary things that that songwriters do to make themselves feel like they're being smarter than they are. <laughs> like, yeah, but it just sounds different if you tune down. So I sort of said where I think this could have gone better. I think that uh, had there been some nod to the idea, I don't think they're emotionally capable of this, but if there had been some nod to the idea that, you know, uh, what I'm what I'm saying is inherently ridiculous and I know it, like I'm, I'm being ironic here, uh, that that could have improved improve this song what what about you is there anything that could have is this song was it doomed from the start or do you think there was what went wrong what went wrong this song is kind of baffling in a way because there's so little going on that constitutes an enjoyable song there's very little variation it sounds bad that's not a valid thing to say at all (laughs) but it does but it it what could redeem this song? I The chords are incessant, a little more variation. I hate to come into this and give like real answers, but I, I, I got to. It, if there I was want a, you to. Yeah. If there was, if there was just, and you know what? I have nothing against the same chords through the, through the verse and the chorus, but it's kind of that whole thing of like, like we were saying in the lyrics about how you just restated the same thing three times and then the producer forced you to write an ending to your story and not just listen to you rant about this girl, your, your girlfriend when you were 20 years old, (laughs) 10 years ago or whatever the fuck the timeline is. Like I'm just picturing that recording, like them sitting in the studio and he's like, yeah, no, I got another verse. I got another verse. Let me, let me think. Let me think. I think that a more natural, arc to the song. I think if they just went into the studio and recorded it themselves instead of getting like pop, uh-huh, Robbie or whatever the hell his name is, Robbie Pop, whatever the fuck <laughs> his deal is, to come in and and turn, try to turn it into the next thing. Although it was a massive hit. Yeah. To be fair, so I mean, I guess that was successful. They knew what they were doing. I don't know. I don't know what I would someone, tell them to someone do. Someone knew what they were doing. Someone did Someone some... calculated correctly. I guess so. And maybe that someone was Fred Durst. You know what? Let's put this on Fred Durst. I, I think that Fred Durst should have been more involved. I think Fred Durst would have... Because honestly, I can get down to some Limp biscuit. Because <laughs> honestly... I want more Fred Durst. <laughs> I want more Fred Durst in my life. You know, if if they had done the thing like they used to do back in the 70s where a band would write a song for another band, right? I think that if Limp Biscuit did this song, it would have been way better. That's my I that's think my that could have that might have worked. That's my answer. I would have liked to hear some West Borland on the on these court, you know, yeah. doing his thing over these guitars. Yeah, these I, want, I want less less Scantlin, more Borland. Yeah, yeah. I just want to conclude here by following up on Wes Scantlin, and then, you know, before we before we leave you, yeah, and just let you know what's become of him. This is a new segment called "Where Are They Now?" Yeah, I'm just gonna preface this by saying the longest section on his Wikipedia is titled "Legal Troubles and Controversies." <laughs> 
Why am I not surprised? I'm I don't know anything about him. Not so. surprised either. So please enlighten All me. there really is to say is a lot of drunk driving, a uh, lot of, you know, just uh, alcoholism, uh, dragged his ex-wife, pulled her by the arm or shirt, uh, felony vandalism, used a buzzsaw to destroy his neighbor's patio, sued by American Express for non-payment of debt. Um, 2015, he took a joyride on a baggage carousel at Denver International Airport. Uh, he was arrested for that. Wow. Um, he, when someone tells you who they are, who, you know, believe them. Right. That's what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. We, we knew who he was from the start, from the song. And, um. Yeah. I, I guess I know why she fucking hates yeah. you now. Yeah. And I, maybe I fucking hate you too. Yeah. yeah clearly just a very. He's the guy from Puddle of Mud, right? Like he he's a he's a caricature of himself. I mean, he's just he <laughs> September 9th, 2017, arrested at LA uh, arrested at LAX, tried boarding a plane with a BB gun. <laughs> Bail was set at $850,000. Oh man. And then uh how much debt do you have to be in for them to sue you? Probably a lot, right? It's uh t- 2004 so as early as 2004, he was having trouble with drinking. Um, uh, after only four songs at this one set, his bandmates walked off set, left him on stage alone. 2014, uh, I guess the 10-year anniversary of this other one, had a onstage meltdown during a show in Dallas, threw a microphone and beer into the audience, appeared to threaten it to physically attack members of the audience, Received criticism as he appeared to be lip syncing during the performance. He had another meltdown in 2015, smashed his guitar headphones and the drummer's kit. So. Wow. Yeah, I don't know whether to feel bad for this. I don't feel bad for no, this guy. I don't I'm, feel bad for him either. I don't feel bad I for really this don't. guy. I don't. That's this is what happens when you give a guy who was gonna about he was about to move to New Orleans mm-hmm. to manage his girlfriend's uh, stripping business or whatever career 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 is the word and this is what happens when you give him that much money and and whatever so all right i think that that about does it yeah, yeah. i agree well thank you for listening and we'll see you next time bye-bye bye-bye, bye-bye.